This show is brought to you by Sweeney Oil. Sweeney Oil is a family-owned business since 1987, offering the best value for home heating in the west of Ireland. To place an order, phone 1-800-555-999 or order online at www.sweeneyoil.ie. Hello and welcome to the Backdoor Hurling Show. Delighted to be joined by former Down Hurler Graham Clark and former Kilkenny Hurley Hurler Richie Power. Um, come to you first, Richie. Are you more happy this weekend than last weekend with the hurling you see now across the weekend? Um, I I suppose look, it was there was a there was a there was a bit of a pickup, all right, Paul. You know, um, increase in I suppose intensity in in a couple of the games over the weekend. So it was look, it was a lot better than the the, the previous weekend, but still, you know, very high scoring games. Um. You know, not very, I suppose, as, as Rory mentioned last week, the art of defending seems to be gone out of a lot of teams. Um, and I, w- I was shocked at, at, at Wexford's performance because I actually, I was really looking forward to that game, especially with the way Wexford, you know, set up and they go about their defending. Um, I just couldn't get over the, the They were so, so flat on the on the evening. And um, look, Galway were very, mightily impressive. But um, yeah, look, it was definitely a big, it was, a, it was an improvement, but we're still... We're still a real long, long way off the real true intensity of championship hurling. Yeah, and Graham, we're probably seeing in some sort of the games, if you look at the tip game, like the games are really bypassing the physical players, you'd have to say. it's We're really not seeing the physical part of the game as much so far. Oh, it seems that way, lads. It seems as if hurling's gone to a position where now there's very few 50-50 balls around the pitch. It's everywhere. Do you know if you're if I'm marking you, Richie, the ball's going to my to you and you're trying to beat your man. So it's very hard to get to impose your physicality on it. it yeah. Yes, you're trying to get the tackles in, but the the Potty Mars and the Brendan Mars and these boys, there's very little barnstorming clearances like Tommy Walsh used to do for Kilkenny. You know, it's all about possession and keeping the play and all these same teams seem to be doing it. If you look at the whole weekend you know, Wexford and Galway and Waterford and Limerick and Tip, they're all passing moves. So that's the way the hurling seems to be going until until they're really up the intensity where people are put under so much pressure. They have to get rid of it nearly, you know. Yeah, you're spot on there. It's really becoming a possession game. I suppose if we get into the action, just so much to talk about. Seeing as you've already mentioned Galway and Wexford, Richie, we'll get into that. And I suppose Galway with a few new players in and it's probably done them no harm. Finton Burke full back in and Murphy and goals, Shane Cooney um at wing back, Brian Kikannon, he's been there a few years, but like the new players really seem to add a new dimension to Galway, Richie. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, absolutely, Paul. Um I was I was very, very impressed with, with, with all those four guys that you mentioned there. Um they've really, really added you know, something to, to a lot to Galway um, in that performance. And I suppose, look, taking Aina Murphy, for example, you know, probably since Colin Callanan, the, the goalkeeping situation in Galway has never been kind of set in stone. You know, it was kind of transferring between Colin and James Skettle and, you know, it, it was never really settled. Um, now, this guy, it looks looks the, the real deal in fairness to him. He, he's brave. Puckouts are very, very good. Um you know, and he's quick. He's he, he gets gets the game going quickly as well. You know, and he's looking for the outfield ball. This Finton Burke is, you know, what a find. Um, you know, he looked like a guy that's been doing it for the last ten years. You know, and um, hopefully for his sake, his his injury towards the end wasn't isn't as bad as as it looked. Um, and obviously then the up front, Brian Concannon, you know, massive find as well. Now I know you said that he has been there a couple of years, but. You know what? What I really noticed about Galway this weekend was was the I suppose not the the over reliance on Joe. Um, I thought it, it was very very evident. I thought the players stepped up. You know the Mannions were were excellent in the middle of the field. Um, you know and Connor Cooney was very good. Connor Whelan, outstanding for me. I think I think he's one of probably one of the most underrated hurlers in the country. Um, he has everything: pace, strength. He's able to score off left, off right. Um, and I think, you know, looking at it, that and like it just it allows Joe to concentrate on his own game, win his own position um, and hit the freeze. And there's not an over-reliance on him. And I think, you know, that that can only be good for Galway Hurling. And they're definitely going to be a huge threat um, going into a Leinster final and an All-Ireland Championship as well. 
Yeah, we're mentioning the new players that came in for Galway Graham, but I have to realise there was no David Burke or Dahi Burke and there was no reliance on Joe Canning, so that's probably one of the most pleasing aspects from the weekend. Yeah, um, and, and that's the thing about Galway. Like, they seem to have a huge pile and a huge pool of players that they can bring on, a bit like Limerick, actually. Their physicality, um, their, their physicality, the way they move the ball, they're very dangerous or something. They look, just look so dangerous on the break where Connor Whelan playing the half forward and is, is he playing inside? You know, some of these guys can... Can nearly they can nearly play in the in the half back line. They can nearly play in the half four line, play in the full four line. And to me, that looks very hard to defend against. And I just thought they had their tactics spot on against Wexford at the weekend. And the fact where if Mark Fanning wants to hit number two or number four or number three with the ball, I thought Galway were very well um, set up. If if they wanted to go short. Their half forward, the 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 wait it to the hit the half forward line, and then the tackled like mad. They didn't make, they didn't go in Richie, um, and and Paul. They didn't go in and make a stupid challenge to the yeah. cornerback. That was the overlap, and then that's Wexford starting their running game. They waited to the hit about the forty-five yard line, and if the cornerback wanted to launch it in on top of Road McInerney and <laughs> their half back line, they I think Galway were very comfortable with that, and I thought that tactically they just and and tactically I thought they got it spot on at the weekend. And even at club level, if you have a cornerback, um, we played we played in Loy and Lockheed in these teams and, and up here. And if you let a cornerback get the ball up here, he solo runs up the pitch and hits it to where the goalkeeper was going to hit it to you anyway. Yeah. Four or five times in the second half, the, the Wexford cornerback got the ball off Mark Fanning. He solo ran 20 metres and hit it into the, the, the half-back line where them beasts of men were standing in a line of five nearly across the half-back line. And that's very hard to break down. Like, I just thought Galway were very well set up, and like, does does Dahi Burke start the next day? Who's going to get dropped out of that Galway defence? Like, you know, um, David Burke, he'd slip in there somewhere. Like, Galway are going to be a serious, a serious challenge for Kilkenny, like in the Leinster final. And sure, Kilkenny more so than anybody probably know that. Like, they've had some great battles this last four or five years. Like, just as good as any two two teams have battled it out in the last four or five years. Like, I'm looking forward to that game now. Yeah, and it was seven points apiece early on at the water break. Then Gawit really took control. But do you feel in the second half, Wexford, they're obviously coming out in the second half against the odds. Is that really where they should have just abandoned the sweeper system, Richie? Because it didn't seem to be working at all. Um, yeah, like there has to come a time in a game, Paul, where you know, Davy or someone on the field makes the call to say, right, let's go and try and win this game, you know, or let's try and get back into this game. They were never going to get back into the game playing the way that they were playing. Um, like, especially at this time of the year as well. Like, heavy, like, okay, the conditions on Saturday were a lot better than they were on Sunday, but still at this time of the year, it's, it's the possession game is a very hard game to play when, say, the ball maybe is not travelling as far and the conditions aren't as warm. And, you know, it's a completely different mindset in my opinion for teams at playing this time of the year than they would have been maybe playing back in june and july um and for me for me i think and i you know i think the bubbles burst in wexford unfortunately um i really do i think you know last year has taken an awful lot out of them you know coming so close to getting to the all Ireland final last year and i just think you know i think the lockdown came at the real wrong time for them um, you know they were they were going very very well in the league, and it just seems to have had a fierce negative effect on on that group of players. And I think it's going to be very very hard for them to pick 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 their heads up for for two weeks time. Now they've been very very lucky with the draws that they they get the two weeks, but I think it's um, there's a lot of soul searching to be done in Wexford. And you know Davy said as much after the game as well. He wasn't he wasn't shy in, in giving his honest opinion. No. And Graham, you kind of have to think with. Such a poor performance they gave. Would Wexford ideally have liked the game coming this weekend to try and build a bit of momentum? Because really, they don't know where they're at going into this round two of the qualifiers. And if they're going to play a clear side coming with momentum or a Dublin Cork, you'd have to feel they might have the advantage compared to a Wexford. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, do, 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 would the likes of Wexford wanted to play the likes of Leash or somebody maybe and got a game over them? Um, I don't, I don't honestly know, Paul, but I do think that 
I do think that there will be a lot of soul searching with Davy. Like Davy's took that team to a great place to, from where they were. Um, but he wants to get over the line with that team. You know, he wants to get them to you know um, probably a semi final or a final of an All Ireland. But um, I don't know. I think there has to be a plan B as well with Wexford. I don't think this running game all the time and these sweepers and two sweepers is going to work the whole season because people can find you out very quick. You're working with elite managers and the likes of Shane O'Neill and Cody and all these boys. And I think Davey's going to have to change his tactics slightly because teams will ha have seen what Galway did with Wexford in letting them come into a certain area and trying to get the ball off them then around the middle third. So it's going to be interesting and maybe maybe an extra maybe that extra week will help Davey and, and, and his management team maybe set up that plan B or set up a different sort of type of system than, than what he's playing with a sweeper all the time and maybe one or two forwards inside. Yeah, oh, at the end of the day, like when you look back on it, right, there's only one team that's after winning an All-Ireland with a sweeper and that was Clare back in 2013. And like we all we all know what that that championship kind of was. It was you know when you look at the the final, the high scoring game. So, like it's it's proven. I it, I just don't think you know it's 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 a it's a tactic that's going to win you in All Ireland. It might be a tactic that will win you an odd game here and there, and they and they're able to play the system. But come to it, it's not for me. It's not going to it's not going to win you in All Ireland. No, you're spot on. And Richie, you'd have to question within the Wexford lineup as good as they were last year. Um, winning the Leinster title, coming up short, Lord Ireland semi-final. You'd know no better than being from Kilkenny, like Brian Cody, all the successful All-Ireland teams. They're adding a player every year, and when you look at the Wexford team, they only added a cornerback, even the people coming on. It was only Joe O'Connor, like, one change. So they had 14 yeah. out of 15 from last year. Like, they really need to be adding more new players, you'd feel, to freshen it up. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. Now, I suppose the big question is, are the players there? Um, you know, it, it, it is very much the same group of players that have been there for the last three, four, five years. Um, you know, and I suppose when it comes to the Wexford team, you, you can nearly pick it. You, like, I could nearly pick it myself, you know, because there's no real, I won't say there's no real competition there. There obviously is competition there, but it, it they just seem to go back to the settled, the trusted and the known. You know, like you look at a Kilkenny team, like I, I think, sure, my, you know, 11 years with Kilkenny, I think every championship game, Brian always made one change. There was always one change. He never, he never once started the same team one day after another. You know, and that freshens things up and that keeps, that keeps lads on their toes. And for me, for me, Wexford looked stale. They looked, you know, they looked, you know, like a team that were, were settled and some guys just, I think some guys just, know in their heart and soul that they're going to be on the Wexford team and I think that that can be detrimental to a side you know that they don't have that intensity and that drive and that I suppose that competition for places that really push lads to that extra extra five percent and like I was I was fierce disappointed with Wexford's performance and not just the performance but the attitude of the players um I think they I think they really really kind of I suppose let themselves down that they didn't keep fighting till the bitter end, you know, and that that's something that Davy drills into any team that he's been over is is that never say die attitude. And in fairness to him, he called it in the in the after match um, interview. He said he said the exact same thing. He said he just couldn't get couldn't put his finger on it, but there was no passion, there was no fight. And I think you know, as, as Graham said, I think the extra week will will be welcomed by by Davy to really just kind of I suppose analyze where things went wrong and how, how they're going to put it right for two weeks' time. And Graham, just on Wexford again, because obviously just a shock result to manner of the victory. Is this now where Davey has to maybe not even bring in players, he will if he can, but maybe switch a few players around. Maybe Jack O'Connor full forward, he went well there for Bertens. Where does he play Leach in? Does he move D O'Keefe back to wing back? Does he stick with the sweeper like what does Davy do now? Do you feel? I think I think Davy will. I think Davy will look at it. He's very very in tune manager. Like with, with behind all the silliness people think Davy brings to the equation. If you think of his post match, that post match um, sort of chat was probably as much for the players as it was for 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 all us boys sitting watching because 
he will go to town in them boys this week and he'll be told a bit like but Richie Parr and these boys were told four or five years ago listen lads there could be big changes don't find yourself two or three is sitting on the bench here in, in, in Sunday week and that's I think Davey will do I think Davey will go down, go down the route of right whoever wants to play and whoever wants to be performing but like the biggest thing one of the biggest disappointing things for me in some of these systems of play and, and I know coming from say where I'm coming from Division 2 hurling and stuff you take Conor McDonald Conor McDonald to me and even most people would probably agree with me is one of the best full forwards in Ireland there's hardly a ball hit into him I would love to see old style hit ball hit in high to Conor McDonald on the edge of the square or edge of the D or edge of the 14 to see if he got on the end of one or two do you know like you take years ago with the Shefflins and uh, I remember going to a couple of irons with Shefflin on the edge of the square against Limerick or Eddie Brennan. And get the ball in and see what happens. Um, I think there's too much weed. Short passing out the field for your 20 points. That's fair enough, but let, let Corn McDonald earn his keep. Put the ball in the edge of the square. Jimmy Callanan was the same the other night. Hardly a ball hit in. 50-50. And it's again, it's come back to the art of defending. Is there any forwards now can win their own battle? You know, there's very few forwards that seem to be like their man sitting there beside us, Paul. There's not too many boys can win the 50-50 battle. It has to be nearly pop pass to them. And there's not too, you know, the Groot Hegarty's and, 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 and the, the, the Limerick guys, they're winning their own. They're still old style winning their own ball. Cian Lynch, Groot Hegarty, Tom Morrissey, they're still winning high balls. And to me, that's what Wexford need to do. Connor McDonald needs a ball hit to him, to him. Jack O'Connor, uh, Lee Chin. They're they're capable of winning fifty fifty ball. To me, we need they need to get back into that, and you'll nearly see it's nearly a martyr. I think sometimes at the start of a game, if you see a couple of forwards getting their hand up among a ruck of sticks, catching the ball and scoring, that's just what I think Wexford need to do. Throw the shackles off a bit. Yeah, and just back to Galway um, again, like a huge result, confidence be building well now going in players to welcome back from injury but like i think a player that goes very unnoticed for goy and um, richie you'd have to say it's a massive boost to have joseph cooney back because the work this man goes through in a game is it's unnoticed really yeah absolutely paul and um you know i think for me that's the best i've seen galway hurl probably in the last 18 months um you know, I, I thought they were very, very good. They were very well organised. Um, they were very, very fit. They looked very, very fit. And as you said, Joseph Cooney is a huge player for him. Now he was given he was given the job of kind of man marking Lee Chin on on Saturday. Done an unbelievable job. Um, now I know Lee got a couple of scores from play, but he other than that he wasn't really in the game. So for me, I think I think Joseph Cooney is going to be the man to pick up TJ Reid in the Leinster final. Um, I think he'd be given that job and. Um, you know, he has the size, he has the power, he has the strength to to really give TJ, you know, a, a good battle. And, you know, for me, you know, if Galway are to win the Leinster final, they probably do need to, you know, pinpoint TJ as, as being the, the, the main go-to guy for Kilkenny. You know, and we saw that again on, on Saturday as well, you know, against Dublin. He set up one goal, he scored another. And, you know, look, it's, it's a huge boost for... For Galway, but like as you've already mentioned, like Dahi Burke to come back into that team, the best fullback in the the country for the last three years. Do you know, like it's they have they have a, a rich um, array of talents in Galway, and it's just to get them all pulling together. And I think Shane O'Neill is is doing that, and um, you know they're going to be a very very dangerous dangerous side as this championship progresses. Yeah, and moving on to the other Leinster final, Leinster semi final. Sorry. Kilkenny against Dublin, 320 to 222 in favour of uh, Kilkenny. Graham, one of the strangest games of Ireland. Apparently so. Um, as in, as in, I think Cody was even uh, after the game. Couldn't, didn't know, didn't know where he was at. You never hear that from the likes of Brian Cody. But you know, just thinking about Cody, like Cody's been on the go how how long, and he's probably never had a year like he's had this year. You know, with no no league games and no games to try to try to maybe drop a player and maybe see how he react the following week, etc. So it probably has been strange, but wouldn't you have thought? Probably it's just what I was thinking coming away after watching it. I would have thought that you know Dublin would have been the team really quick out of the blocks 
and Kilkenny slowed it going after maybe not playing in a while, but it was it was the other way around. And do you know, like, but Kilkenny just they seemed to grind out them 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 matches. Like I know Dublin come back at them hard and fair play to Dublin for that. Like that's unreal comeback from 15, 16 points. <coughs> Kilkenny to get them last few scores that just shows you their true quality and it's it's a great. I I love. I would love to be in Cody's position now after winning a tight game like that, getting into the Leinster final would be great. Absolutely. And Richie, like, 313 to 7 points up, Blister and Sarah, TJ Reid, Colin Fenley, Billy, Billy Ryan, all going well. Things going brilliant for Kilkenny. Dublin come back, bring it back to the level game, but Kilkenny just push on. Was it Kilkenny's dominance early on, or do you think they really took their foot off the gas in the second half? Um, yeah, I, I suppose, like, they, they started unbelievably well, Paul, and, like, in fairness to Kilkenny in the first half, they really, really looked good. Um, the way they were moving the ball, the way they were defending, their link-up play in the forward line, you know, Billy Ryan was looking very sharp, TJ Reid, obviously, as usual, top of his game. Um, and I suppose going in at half-time with such a big lead, and then no atmosphere, no crowd, nothing like that, and having to come out in the second half and go again and just try and push on and finish out the game, you know, it, it can be very, very tough to do that, you know, especially when there's no crowd there, no atmosphere, no intensity. So I think it was a lot to do with that aspect of it and maybe taking the foot off the pedal a little bit. Um, and like I, I know from experience against the Dublin side, we had it in 2013, if a Dublin side gets on top of you and they start really going at it, then they can cause you serious, serious problems. And it's very, very hard to stop a wave of, you know, scores and a wave like that when, when a team gets on top of you. Like, it, it comes down to the experienced guys maybe going three or the, the goalkeeper, Murphy, slowing things down. Um, but for me, I think Dublin got an awful lot right in the second half. They, they changed around their markers. They put Owen O'Donnell on TJ Reid, which was, which was a huge call, very good call. He'd done a great job on him in the second half. You know, and bringing on the likes of Eamon Dillon, who, who for me, should be a starter on this Dublin side. He'd be one of the, the first names I'd have on the team sheet. Um, and, you know, the they just, I don't know, it, it, I think Matty Kenny will be, you know, scratching his head this week as to, you know, how they could have been so poor in the first half and then come around and be so good in the second half. You know, it was a real tale of a game of two halves. And I suppose, luckily for Kilkenny, they had a big enough lead at half time that, that got him over the line because... Personally, I thought Dublin would push on and win that game once they got the game back to, to all square. Yeah, and Graham, Richie makes a point there. Eamon Dillon not starting, Ronan Hayes not starting, Mark Shealy not starting. You'd slightly have to question that because players of that talent to be left on the bench. It's questionable. It's, it's, uh, I was involved with Dublin last year, actually, goalkeeping coaching, and um, you could see these boys firsthand, really, at training, etc., and stuff. and. Um, Eamon Dillon is a class act and funny it's a sort of theme across the top level hurling teams now um, you know the likes of the likes of Seamus Flanagan and some of the subs all these big teams are bringing on like is it is it for is it for impact of the bench but Matty Ketty's probably be asking himself now this evening well if Trollier had a start from the very start could he have scored six or seven points rather than the four in the second half you know so like, I, I don't know, I, I'm still old, old traditionalist. I think I'd be starting with Trollier and saving what he can score over the course of the hour rather than over the course of a half hour, you know. Um, but the, Dublin's a big a big pool of players as well in Dublin, like and Mark Schutte and Trollier and um, Liam Rush and these boys. Colin Keeney's not even on the panel, I don't think. Paul Ryan's another one. So they have some players not even maybe on the first 26. There's huge competition there to even get on the first 26. But... That's one thing. If I was a manager of Dublin, I'd be going, well, I wonder if I had a start at him. I'm, I'm not saying anything about Matty Kenny now. I'm just saying, if, if I had been there, I'd been saying, maybe we should have started him and he could have got more scores in the, in, in the first half or whatever, you know. But um, you'll see Cody Cody doesn't leave the boys that are scoring four or five points every match on the bench. They're usually starting every week, you know. Yeah, and like Richie, even with the Kenny lineup. Richie Hogan, who went really well last year, you would have expected him to start, but I suppose a big surprise was not to see Paul Murphy starting. Yeah, um, 
and again, I suppose, Paul, it's, in Kilkenny at the moment, we're kind of we're seeing a guard again. Um, you know, he's he's going with you know um, Connor Delaney and Kieran Wallace, two two Aaron's own Castlecomer guys started in the corners. You know, they've been very very impressive during the league, and and I know they've they, they've been training very well since they came back. So. You know, there, there's huge competition there for places um, in Kilkenny again, which is which cannot which can only be a good thing. Um, but I think, I suppose maybe after last year's All Ireland, Brian kind of knew that he maybe kind of had to change things up a little bit, um, bring in a couple of new players. And I suppose, you know, you mentioned Paul there, like he's been a starter, like he's been probably one of the first names Brian put on the team sheet over the last six, seven, eight years. So maybe it's to you know give give Paul a little bit of a a reminder that he's he's not a you know a certain starter on a, a definite starter on the team and you know maybe he'll come back stronger. Um, Richie Hogan the same thing, you know I, I I kind of figured that Richie might be kind of you know brought on as that role this year as the impact coming in off the bench. I, I just don't know if there's 70 minutes in Richie after all the injuries he's had and you know things that haven't gone well from over the past couple of years with his back and stuff like that. So I think he's he's resigned himself to that fact that he'll. You know he'd be playing that impact role, but um, certainly, you know, they'll, again there'll be a lot of soul searching in Kilkenny this week too. You know because Brian will be, you know, scratching his head as to where things went wrong, and I can guarantee it there'll be a couple of changes on that Kilkenny team for the for the Leinster final. I'd be very very surprised if he if he starts the same team. Yeah, and like, um, Graham, you'd look at the forward performances for Kilkenny, so impressive in the first half, but in the second half. Dublin's half back line, Dara Gray just coming out with the world of all, uh, Keno Callan, Connor Burke, all of these lads coming out with a mountain of ball. Like, but I suppose it was just Kilkenny being Kilkenny, three goals like that, like in the first half. And when TJ Reid and Colin Venley get going, it's you're going to find it very hard to tie down two man markers who will take Venley and Reid both out of the game. Like you say, you know, there's always that, there's always that chance. When, when any team's playing Kilkenny, the Kilkenny will get two or three goals very, very quick, bang, 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 and see when they, from what I've seen with TJ Reid over his career, and who am I to judge about TJ Reid, by the way, but if he sniffs a goal, he isn't one bit feared of trying to get an overlap, taking a hard, hard hit, lay the ball off to the shooter, and the shooter's through on goal, and you know, he's very unselfish, what I find with the Kilkenny forwards, are very unselfish, they don't mind getting in where it hurts, taking a hit, Pass the ball, bang. Um, one thing I would say is, and we've probably all been involved with teams over the years, even the club level, say, when you have momentum and that momentum stops, it's very hard to get back, back going again. And that's probably, with these water breaks, I found again, sorry lads to talk at the club level, but see at club level even, I found the momentum swings nearly the other way and half time probably came at a bad time for Kenny really. Another five minutes and maybe could add another. So when that momentum stops, it's very hard to get it back. And I think that's what happened, Kilkenny. And like, um, you know, Richie says, you see, you see when Dublin got up and going. Like Dublin played Kilkenny last year down in Nolan Park, and there wasn't a massive play between the teams. I think there was maybe five or six points, and it, it, it was it was nearly equal the whole way through. And then it was a bit of an incident with Greg <laughs> catching a high ball and stuff. Do you remember? Richie down there, yeah. and, and and you know, but until that, until that actually happened, there, there was there was nothing much between the teams. Dublin are a very very strong, well drilled side. Like so, to me, I would say Cody's delighted with himself coming out of that there on Saturday night. Um, yes, he won't be a bit afraid of dropping a few boys or telling them tomorrow night. Listen, this is what we're doing. But at the end of the day, they're still in the Leinster final. Like. Yeah, and I suppose, like when it was level, Richie, one thing that Kilkenny would have to be pleased, like Hugh Lawler getting that point to push Kilkenny on, but the reaction, like they didn't lie down and just let Dublin get on top. There was a reaction after Dublin's comeback. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, Graham hit the nail on the head, really, like when momentum changes, it's, it's very, very hard to get it back. And, you know, look, you have to give him great credit, like Alan Murphy, Alan Murphy got the point to put him a point up and then Hugh Lawler got the, the second one to kind of stretch it to two points, um, which I suppose in the end was the winning score. But yeah, look, they, they did. They showed a lot of guts and a lot of heart. And, you know, as I said, I, I was convinced. I thought Dublin would go on and win the game once they got it back to level because all the momentum was with Dublin. I, I just, I felt Kilkenny were flat. They were out on their feet. 
Um, but you have to give them great credit for for the I suppose the mentality and the courage that they showed to I suppose to dig out a one point victory in the end after being sixteen points ahead. You know, so um, definitely a lot of work for Kilkenny to do for a Leinster final. Which in a way, look, it's not a bad place to be either. You know, they know that there's improvement there. You know, if they can if they can put two two halves together like the first half, they're going to be a very very hard bet. And just touching back there, Richie, what area do you feel? Kilkenny will be looking to improve on most going into the goal game now? Um, I, I think they're forwards. Um, you know, we mentioned there, all right, the Billy Ryans and the TJs, but like there still seems to be a very, very over-reliance on TJ. Um, you know, everything goes through him. He's the he's the link man for everything. You know, as as Graham said, like he, he'll, he'll put the body in where it hurts. He'll pop it off to the shooters. Um, you know, I think Colin Fenley, you know, coming off, a great club campaign with Ballahale Shamrocks, you know, wouldn't have been happy with his performance on Saturday. You know, Walter Welsh was in and out of the game, um, you know, and it was just, again, I think that there was a, a very reliance on TJ. And I, I think Kilkenny need to get away from that. You know, as I've said before, you know, you look at you look at a Galway with a Joe Canning, there's definitely not as much a reliance on Joe as there was. Um, you could say the same about Tipperary and Shamie Callanan. You know Limerick, Aaron Galan, but like it, it, it's not the case. Um, you know you need you need the other five forwards to step up to the plate. Um, and I think that's where you know Brian will be disappointed about. You know they scored what three thirteen in the first half, finished with three twenty, uh, seven points in the second half. You know he won't be happy with that return. Yeah, and Graham, um, Dublin obviously so disappointed after the elite result last year, particularly from being involved. Um, came up short the last day. But that second half performance has to have Dublin going in with huge belief against Cork this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Like again, if you were if you were the manager of Dublin, you'll be you'll be saying, listen lads, what we done what we done well was the second half. A, B and C the second half and how do you how do you rectify like we'll need to cut a lot of stuff out that we've done in the first half and these are the things we need to work on and going forward, like Richie says, like if you were if you were analysing Cork, Cork or somewhat like Kilkenny, there's a huge reliance as, as as we look at it so far with Pat Horgan. And if you can cut out, if Dublin can can cut out a lot of scores that Horgan's taken, you're, you're bound to be able to take, like I think you got four or five points in play there at the weekend again. If you can cut that down and, 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 and uh, stop his stop his dominance for Cork, Dublin won't be far away, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Um, moving on to the Munster Championship, uh, what can we say about Limerick again? Just unbelievable. Um, three twenty-three to one seventeen winners um, over Tipperary, and they just—I suppose—they threw up a few surprising placement of positions around the field. Everyone expected Darrow Donovan to start at wing back, start at midfield. Kyle Hayes back to wing back. And Keane Lynch at centre forward, something nobody seen, Richie, but what a move it was. Yeah, um, I have to say, I was quite surprised with it myself, um, Paul. You know, I I definitely didn't see Kyle Hayes at wing back anyway, but obviously it was something that John Kiley was was thinking about, or maybe it was to do with Tipperary. Um, but certainly he, he got it spot on. Uh, you know, Keane Lynch was very, very good at centre forward. He was, you know, very much the link link player. Um, you know, he gets on a mountain, he gets on a world of ball in, in a game, and you know, he pops off the right pass at the right time. Um, you know, Darrow Donovan, you know, has been, I suppose, he was there in in twenty eighteen when they, he was he was probably, you know, a, a first time starter in in twenty eighteen when they won the All Ireland, and you know, the competition for places that are there at the moment. So, look, I think you said it. I don't know what we can say about this Limerick team. Um, you know, I've been mightily impressed with them. Um, you know, I, I said it after the 28 All-Ireland that I reckon they'd win three of the next five All-Irelands. And I, 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 I do think that they should nearly be, maybe be going for three in a row. I think we we caught them on a, on a kind of a, a semi-off day last year in the semi-final, which I suppose played into Tipperary's hands. But um, certainly for me, I think there's no weaknesses there. Um, if they can get... You know, Mike Casey and Richie English back in this team on the full back line, you know, they're going to be a, a serious team for the next couple of years. Yeah, and Graham, the one thing is they're just so versatile. Nearly all the players, we've seen Kyle Hayes go back. But 
just Garrow's Hegarty getting on the ball. Aaron Galan looked like he didn't have his best game the last day. Scores 2-6. Graham O'Kay is still quite. Tom Morrissey stepping up. Will O'Donoghue at midfield. I think that was only his second ever point in championship. Like, and Jeremy Burns at wing back, which is sensational. Un- unbelievable. Like, and, like, you're talking 3.23 is some shooting on the day that was in it. Like, like you know... Like in the day that was in it, like the uh, Sheffield and O'Cusick and, and Joanne Campbell could hardly could hardly speak to each other with the rain rattling off the roof of the stand, and 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 Limerick Limerick stuck to two twenty three. I was just looking at it there, two sixteen from play is some shooting on a day like that, and like there probably could have been more scores to be honest with you. The, 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 you know, uh, on a dry day that could have been that could have been you know four four thirty like against. Against the Tipperary All Ireland champions, like it's you have to put into context, into context. That was some victory. I think the one to lay down a marker. I think Richie was spot on. I think maybe is it been, has it been in the back of their heads that you know the one the won the monster final last year and Kilkenny slightly caught them on on the day that was in it in Croke Park that day. And I think Tipperary to me looked like a team that's driven. I think. Deep down, they think that I I, I don't know now. I, I haven't been speaking to anybody like uh, with within the squad rank. They just look like a team that said here we missed out in all Ireland this year. This is all our all Ireland this year uh, or last year, sorry. So I think they'll be very hard to stop. I don't think they'll be very easy caught. I don't know where their weaknesses are either. If you take a look at their goalkeeper, their full back line, like there's just. And then they can bring on, if somebody's not performing or somebody has a bad day at the office, they can bring on the subs, that they can bring on Pat Ryan and Seamus, um, Seamus and what do, you call, what do you call the other, David Dempsey. I watched him in some of the, in some of the club games. Like Dempsey would probably get in most club, uh, county teams in Ireland. And he's, he's not even on that Limerick team. Like there, there's just something else. And the way they move the ball through the lines, the way they can break the line as well because of their physique. They're just they're just something else. And funny, I was reading I was reading a thing today. Eighteen turnovers against Tips eight. So that you know, like that is savage work rate. They're bringing an awful work rate and an awful physique to to the hurling games. And yeah. like the dis the, the their distribution of the ball as well. That's it's very very. It's not very often. It's just hit in anywhere. It's there's always a purpose to their play and. Um, like if you the, the high ball that came into Aaron Galan and Pori Mar or Brendan Mar, he, he slipped them behind. He slipped, you know, Galan slipped them behind. Nice as you like, caught, kicked the ball. Like they're just deadly all over the field, like you know. Their movement, their movement off the ball is, is phenomenal, and I it's one thing that I I kept an eye on, you know, last year for the semi final. Um, like Galan's movement off the ball is phenomenal. You know, Graham Graham Mulcahy, Peter Casey, these guys. They're constantly on the move, and it's it's a back's worst nightmare. You know, like you know, the worst thing, like if a corner forward goes into corner forward and stays there and waits for the ball to come, corner back is delighted. But these yeah. guys never stop moving. You know, Galan pops up in the half forward line, Mulcahy out around the middle of the field. It's 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 a it's phenomenal to watch, and like I like I, you know, I, I just I couldn't be any more I couldn't be any more praiseful for these guys because. I just think Graham is, is spot on. I think they they feel themselves that they let let it behind them last year, and they're not going to make the same mistake this year. Like I felt slightly sorry for Potty Marr because apparently, um, in listening to to the radio this morning, they were saying that he had an injury going into the game. That team that you're playing against Limerick, you do not want to be a person that's going to be injured in that defence, or maybe a, a bit of a. A sore knee, I think. Body marred a bad knee for the game, or carrying a bit of a knee injury. If you have a knee injury, leg injury against those guys, they because of their movement and because of their the, the, the athleticism, you are going to be you're going to be doing some running. I don't know what their stats are on the running they do, but it's phenomenal. At one stage, at the very start of the game, which which is unprecedented. Groot Hegarty was solo running through with not a man within 20 or 30 metres off him. It's one of the first, I think it was actually the first score, maybe the second score Limerick got. And you're going to yourself, well, where did he come from? Who's marking him? If, him, if that was Kilkenny forward, that would never happen in Crook Park. There'd always be somebody close. So I just think that their athleticism, uh, um, and if you're carrying any injuries or anything, you are going to be caught out. You have to be getting in there with a full deck of cards, fully fit. 
um, against these boys, like, and who who's going to stop them the way they're going, like, you know? Yeah, and I suppose, like, looking at the tip team, Richie, um, Dan McCormack didn't start Bonamere out to injury, and I suppose they're really two uh, significant blows, probably because they didn't start them, because they just bring a savage work rate, bubbles not certain. So I suppose this tip team, really, it's probably going to change a lot uh, before we see a full tip team, a full strength to feel. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you... You're right in what you're saying. Like I was surprised that the likes of a Dan McCormick or a Michael Breen didn't start because the conditions. Now, obviously, look, Liam Sheedy didn't realise he he didn't know the conditions were going to be as bad when he picked the team probably Wednesday or Thursday night. But I still think for this time of the year, it's made for a Dan McCormick. He's a guy that you know loves the he loves the the fifty fifty ball, the sixty forty, the dirty ball. Oh, nine times out of ten, he'll go into a ruck and come out with it. You know, Michael Breen again, big and strong. You know, it was a real, it was a real tough day for the likes of a Mark Keo making his championship debut. You know, throw in the conditions, throw in the team that you're playing against Limerick. Um, but yeah, you're right. Look, they still have players to come back. Absolutely. You know, did Bubbles look fit coming on? I I don't think he did. Um, you know, so you know maybe that was the reason that he didn't start. I I'm not sure, but um, look, is there like look? There's there's huge improvements in Tipperary. Absolutely, you know, you mentioned Paddy Marr there carrying a knock. I, I can't remember the last time Paddy Marr was taken off in a championship game. Um, you know, and that'll just tell you that he wasn't 100% right. Brendan Marr, we didn't see him in the game. You know, Ronan Marr was, was under pressure at full back with, with Aaron Galan. And, you know, I think they just, they never got going. And, and I, even when they got the second goal to bring it back to six points, Limerick just put the foot on the accelerator again and, and tapped over two, three points, you know. So I think Liam Sheedy will, you know, he'll he'll do his homework. He'll, he'll get these guys right for two weeks' time because whoever comes out of these two games next weekend, they're going to be a savage test for for a Wexford or a Tipperary the following weekend. So, you know, they have two weeks to get it right and they now know they've only one more chance to, you know, get, get themselves back in, the, back in this championship. But um, certainly a lot of work to be done. Now, look, same result happened in the Munster final last year. I think they were beaten by nine or ten points as well by Limerick, and you know, look where they ended up. So I wouldn't be writing off this tip Tipperary team just yet. Yeah, and just back to you uh, again, Richie. Um, Jamie Callan. Sometimes he's getting on the ball, but like it just looked at too many stages. Jake Morris was the one being left in in the square by himself, but like. Seamus Callan's record last year, goal in every championship, it just didn't make sense that he was on the edge of the square all the time. Yeah, I found I found the tactics a bit strange, Paul, to be honest. Um, you know, and, and I kind of said it last week, if, if there was a weakness in this Limerick team, I felt it was at um, number three or number four. So like, would Dan Morrissey playing at three, normally a number seven, and Barry Nash playing at four? You know, we saw with Barry Nash, he got in the first 10-15 minutes he was under a little bit of pressure and then Tipperary just stopped delivering the ball in but you're you're right you know like Callanan's record last year phenomenal goal in every game and to have him so far out the field was was a little bit you know mind-boggling to me um you know especially when you have a guy of that size and and you know with the record he has not to put him put him at the, the edge of the square was a little bit um strange but look again Liam Sheedy obviously looked at uh, Limerick he felt that Morris and Mark Kyo, you know, maybe had probably, you know, younger legs in there to cover a bit more ground than Shamey might have been able to do. But, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll see a different setup from from tip the next day, and I'm, I'd be nearly certain you'll see Shamey at the edge of the square. Yeah, and um, Graham, some of the refereeing decisions here um, they've been talked about. Um, people are saying Ronan Mayer maybe should have got a second yellow. Willow Dunhill already on a yellow card pulls across on a temporary midfielder. You'd have to take maybe second yellow. Then Garrod Hegarty uh, for the penalty looked like it was steps, and we all know about Tip's second goal. It was a complete pick off the ground for Norman Gray. There is, there is, there is a, a sort of theme, a theme through the whole championship. I find is steps. You know the players are getting. Seven, eight steps, you know, with the ball. Like, you know, I know Richie. People used to give off about you a bit whenever you used to carry them. <laughs> Prepared the counting whenever you were through on goal as well. But no, do you know, like 
it's very hard for the referee, maybe 60, 50 metres from that, you know, trying to get the, you know, he's trying to get up the pitch. And so he's sprinting like mad, trying to run after an inter-county hurler and, and keep an eye on the steps. But funny, funny, I was actually thinking that myself as well. And about one, one other wee theme I've watched, the steps is one thing. The second thing, <laughs> so why a lot of boys, if you're through on goal now, you're pulled down. It's, it's, it's happening nearly in a lot of games, you're pulled down. And, you know, that won't be able to continue in hurling at the top level. I don't think, I don't think you'll be able to get away with um, if, if somebody straight through a professional foul and just pull them down, not really hit them hard or anything, they're just pulling them down, you know, and they're ruthless about it. Even, even breaking momentum, I've watched Garot Hegarty a couple of times now, and he, he'll stop you up. If he thinks that you're going to do an overlap, he'll stop you up and take your yellow. The ruth, that Limerick team are ruthless at, at, at stopping momentum, and, um, and because of their physic, physical size, they can go into them, them rucks at, at full tilt. And there are some clashes in the middle of all that, so you have to be very strong. But I don't know, the referees have a very hard job. Paul, um, you know, that that Limerick and Tipperary game, I, I would say, was bound to be impossible to referee. The rain piling down, you're trying to mark the score, you're trying to look at time, these big men are clashing. And you're trying to give the player probably at that level, you're trying to give him a bit of the sort of, give them a bit of a break. that You don't want to be blowing the game too much because it's an old wet day. So I would have to give the referee sort of, you know, a bye ball the other night. You know, I'd like to see him referee in a game on a better day to see how he goes. But um, I think I they need. I, I I think they need to give the refs more help. Um, now I know, in fairness to the referee, he took his time to make his decision. I'm sure he, you know, he had the, his umpires in his ear. He went to Paul O'Dwyer on the sideline, but like all that would have taken was someone upstairs to look at a replay and give it to the referee's ear. He picked it off the ground. It's a free out. Now I know. They're, they're saying about this this VAR or this Hawkeye or whatever you want to call it. It would have just taken five seconds for someone upstairs looking at a replay and just communicate to the referee in his ear, listen, it was a pickup, you didn't see it, it's a free out. Yeah. So I think they need to start giving them more help. Like Hurling Lads is the fastest game in the world. Like The ball can travel 120, 130 yards or however long. Very, very hard for a referee if he's up with the play at one end of the field and suddenly there's a long clearance down the other end of the field. Yeah. Very hard referee the game then. And um, I think a lot of referees, and I've been, I've been critical of referees in the past myself, but I do think they have a very, very, very tough job. And I think if we can give them a little bit more help, there's going to be no more talk of any controversy in games that it's all been done at the right, been done right. And like, if can you imagine if, if, you know, if that goal put Tipperary maybe a point up or they won the game by a point after scoring it, you know, how aggrieved Limerick would have felt. Yeah. I think we need to cut out these mistakes within within our game. And if we do that, you're not going to have the controversy that we have. Yeah, and the thing about it is, we all, or, or not we all, but there have been people calling for the referee's head that he missed this, he missed this um, pick off the ground. But there's four umpires. There's two linesmen. There's a four, fourth official. Like, and we all, and they all missed it. Because I think if you look, if you look at the goal again, if you look at the pick off the ground again, the, his stick was very close under his, under his body. So you nearly would have thought that he had actually picked it up off the ground. And Pot O'Dwyer on, on that far side probably was what, the worst linesman to consult. It would have been, you know, because it, 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 the, ball, the ball was actually behind Noel no, no McGrath's body. So... All these decisions are very difficult. I have to agree with, with, with Richie. Even at club level, you know, even at club level, there's not enough consultation with the linesmen and umpires at these matches. You know, the, the referee has to make every single decision, do everything, you know, mark the time, mark the score, do everything. Whereas, why not Why not go over to the fourth official? Or why, why shouldn't there be a quick, yeah, he picked it off the ground, simple. Especially at that level. Um, it's nearly gone that way now. They're going to have to maybe put in um, a bit of video, you know, say for it. You could actually put it in that picks the ball the ground en route to a goal. You can refer back to video evidence. Something like that, you know, that you're not doing it in every score that goes into the net. Like, like soccer, I mean, it's hard to watch. You don't know whether it's a goal. It's always going back the whole time. Rugby's the same. As soon as there's a score, you're going back the whole time. I don't think any of us want that in Ireland. But we definitely want... If someone picks a ball on the ground on through on route or in the middle of a uh, of of a 
play for a goal, it should be called back, like, and give the referee a wee bit of help, like. And Richie, it's early on in the year, but you have to think already that Gerald Hegarty is nearly in the running for her third year. Yeah, absolutely. Big uh, Paul, he's I, for me, he's the real unsung hero on that Limerick team. Um, you know, his physicality, his athleticism, his fitness, his his first touch. Um, you know, it's 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 great to watch. You know, I love watching him because you know he and he plays on the edge as well. He, he he's not afraid to put the body in where it hurts. Um, you know, he's able to strike off left and right. You know, like they they showed a, a clip of him from the Clare game last weekend, the hand pass that he gave to Peter Casey, it was absolutely sublime. Do you know, like if anyone else done it, if a, if a TJ Reid or a Joe Canning done it, they'd be, they'd be raving about it. So, yeah, I think he's probably the front runner for it at the moment. Like, look, we, we still have a long way to go. Um, but certainly if, if, if he keeps going in that form, it, it's going to be very, very hard um, not have him in the equation. But, um, look, there's, there's, there's a lot of other guys there as well, do you know, and... You know, Dermot Burns has has had an outstanding two games. Declan Hanning is 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 very very good at centre back. Um, Galan, Peter Casey is a guy that I love watching. I think his his movement off the ball is excellent. You know, he gives the ball to the, the right man in the right position. Um, you know, but it's it's you know I, I I don't think I can say any more about this Limerick team than I already have. You know, and they're going to keep improving as well. That's the scary thing. And then the, the strength of their bench as well is frightening. Um, so unless they have a really, really, really bad day, it's going to be up to the other teams to to really step up to, to Limerick's level at this at this moment in time. Yeah, and the other Munster semi-final game, Waterford getting um, their first win in two years in the Munster Championship, defeating Cork 127-123. But... This is huge for Waterford psychologically, who haven't won a game in Munster in two years, really. Yeah, yeah, and funny, Paul, you had me on last week with Mark Foley, and and we both tipped Cork. Um, so it just shows you <laughs> we don't know. You should probably have us on this show, but um, no. But I was thinking about it, like why why was everyone going for Cork in, in, in such a in such a high way, uh, such a high level? Like you know, Waterford nearly had no chance. If you look at their, if you look at some of the players who are playing for Warford, you know Jamie Barn and Stephen Bennett and you know um, Tag De Burke and them boys. Like there's some players on that team as well. And even you look at some of the brought off the bench. They brought Patrick Curran off the bench. Patrick Curran's as good a player as there is about as well. So no Waterford, Waterford. I don't think the problem was they didn't have the players. I think. I think Waterford. Everyone knows that Waterford are the players. It was getting their plan together and getting getting their best fifteen on the pitch. And um, because Mark Foley actually called it, he 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 thought that Waterford were going to come with a savage intensity and make it very difficult for Cork. And that's what panned out in the end. Around the middle third, I thought Waterford were excellent and didn't give Cork any time in the ball to set up plays in the Horgan. Um, there was very little overlapping as well. If you look from Cork. Cork were releasing the ball in from the half back lane in early to 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 the full Cork's full forward line and Waterford have some great defenders there too, you know. Yeah, and you're talking about that work rate. It was unbelievable. Like Cork got off to the better start, Richie, but Waterford really grew into the game. Cork brought it back to fifteen, but it was just nearly they nearly had fourteen men behind the ball. Desi Hutchinson up, and they just brought huge intensity and work rate. Probably something. We've seen from Liam Cahill and Mikey Bevins with even the Tipperary under 21s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I've I've worked under Liam Cahill, funnily enough, he he, he trained our Kerry Shop team and we got to a senior county final in, in 2013. But and for me, he's he's definitely one of the best guys I've worked under. But um, you know, I I fully believe the talent is in Watford. Like they, they won a minor all Ireland, they won an under 21 all Ireland. I, I don't the, the the system that they were playing under Derek McGrath. Okay, it, it, it got them so far, just didn't get them over the line. I think now they're they're starting to hurl with a bit more freedom and express themselves. You know, I I think they've they've probably got their problem at number three sorted. Um, you know, this Conor Prunty looks very very good full back. Callum Lyons at seven looks to be a real find. You know, Jack Fagan and Desi Hutchinson then up front are, are again two new players that they they've they've introduced. So. I think Liam has, has gone to, to the length and breadth of, of Washford over the, the past probably, you know, 10, 11 months to, to try and find new talent. And 
for me he has and you know they were mightily impressive on Saturday you know you, you have to be you know delighted for him when's the last time a, a Watford team put 128 on the scoreboard I think you'd have to go back a long long way to, to try and find it and uh, you know and that's playing with I suppose tied the Burker for me probably get one of the best individual performances that I've seen in the past you know 15-20 years at, at, in championship as well you know the ball was like a magnet to him and I know people say he was sweeping he was and he wasn't you know like he was still picking up his man he was still attacking you know there was one or two occasions in the second half that he he burst forward and, and set up scores as well so um look I think it's going to be an intriguing monster final I think Watford will be up against it but you know they're going to get great confidence out of that win on on, on Saturday and Richie, you said you worked under Liam Cal. We've seen his ruthlessness already from dropping Noel Connors and Morris Shannon. But what does he really bring to the table? Um, he's just he's a he's just a, a real hurling man, Paul, and he's a real players man as well. Do you know, like he he's very approachable, but he knows what he's talking about when it comes to training. When you get into that field, you train. Um, you know, and, and Liam himself as a hurler was was a very very good hurler. But he knows, like it all comes, it all comes back to the fundamentals. It's work rate, it's attitude, and for me, I don't think the work rate or attitude in Watford the past couple of seasons has been right, and it hasn't been up there. But it was a huge, you know, step in the right direction on Saturday, and and that's what Liam would have asked him going out on Saturday. They, he wanted a performance, you know. They they haven't given a performance. They haven't won in their last nine Munster Championship games, and you know it was a huge you know, performance and a huge statement from Waterford. And, you know, OK, they're coming up against the Limerick side, they'll be underdogs again. But, you know, even if they don't win a Munster final, I think they could still have a say in this championship yet. Yeah, and Caleb Lyons' goal straight after halftime, a terrific goal really from the wing back. And they really pushed on with eight points ahead. And then you have to look at Austin Gleeson, a lucky man to stay on the pitch screen. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, going back to your first point about Caleb Lyons' goal, would he, would he have got that goal against Limerick? Would he have got that goal against Tip? Tip? He'd be, to me, he would have been pulled down. Uh, you know, um, maybe maybe not totally totally hammered, but I think there would have been contact. There would have been contact in the round of 21 um, long before he carried the ball the distance he did. And, and again, I'm not advocating that, but that's the way Hurling at the very top levels has gone. They're ruthless. Them, the, the Tip, Limerick. Maybe even Galway defenders, I don't think he would have got that room. And I think I think Court would be very disappointed with that goal. Like, you know, he, he ran the length of the pitch and, and probably not a touch on him. Um, you know, but I think that I, I agree one hundred percent with Richie. I, I think Waterford were a joy to watch at the weekend. You know, and, and they've shown that intensity and they've shown what you can do if you raise your intensity level. So um I don't know. I just hope I just hope Waterford can can do the same and build on it for the monster final. Um, I don't know what set. What was the second point you made, Paul? Um, just Austin Gleeson's. Uh... I, I very lucky, and you know, I think I think people have said, and I, I haven't seen some of his club games. But somebody has said that he, he he's maybe done something like that in the past, a club game or whatever. But you know, the way the way Harlan's gone, the way Gaelic football's gone, and the way hammer work has gone, he he should know better not to be. At that crack, uh, at that uh, at that level, you know, and probably I don't know whether the GA can 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 go back down down the road and look at video evidence on that. I hope not, like because everybody wants to see Austin Cleason playing hurling, like you know, and that's what he's good to stick into. And yeah, Austin Cleason, lucky to stay on the pitch. But what did you make of Bradford deploying him up front, uh, Richie? Um. Yeah, like I think that, you know we're looking at we've been asking this question for the last probably two to three seasons. Where what's Austin Gleeson's best position? Um, and to be honest, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. And I don't think Liam Cal knows. I don't think Derek McGrath knew. Um, where do you get the best out of him? Where do you get the most out of him? Um, you want him on the ball as much as possible. So maybe centre forward is the place for him. You know you're. I used to love playing at, at number 11 because you were always nearly involved in the game. You know, the, 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 you could get onto a lot of ball, make a lot of things happen. Um, and that's what Austin tends to do. Like, he scored three points on Saturday, could have had a couple of more. You know, he he can make something happen with one of these big, long, mazy solo runs that he goes on. Um, but again, you, you mentioned it there, his discipline 
you know, is is something that I'd be worried about, lads. He he was sent off twice in the club championship um, for something similar. You know, to push to put yourself at at the referee's mercy like that or a linesman is 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 for me it's stupid. Um, especially at the highest level, it shouldn't be happening. And like I I would be hoping Liam Cal will will pull him aside over the next kind of you know couple of days and just have have a word with him about it because you might get away with it once you won't get away with it twice. Yeah, and Cork, same old issues really again, Graham. Um, defensively, they look vulnerable and a lot of work to do because as we've seen, Eamon Dillon has been on fire and like they don't yeah. tighten up at the back and afford him space. It's really up front. Seamus Hardney doing everything he can, uh, winning the ball and Patrick Horgan, but it's really time for other players to start stepping up in Cork. Well, like, I was just listening to Mark Bully there last week whenever we were on, this, on, on the same podcast. And you know, when you're, you're thing, you try to listen to other people, and he brought in a thing he didn't know whether Cork could actually tackle properly. And I was actually thinking that, like, you know, when Groot Hegarty's getting into a, a challenge, it's he's going in with intent as you would call it whereas some I thought was a lot of token gestures in the in the work rate from from the cork forwards um, and midfield you know and and if you if you're going to go in with that sort of attitude you're you're not going to come out with a ball and there's a theme across the weekend Liam 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 Sheedy and Davy Fitz and and Kieran Kingston they'll all be querying their attitude and they'll all be querying their work rate whereas the boys that won their games will be happy enough with their attitude and their work rate. So there's not much between the teams at the level hurling ways. From what I see, it's all to do with your work rate. And if Cork can bring a bit of work rate and bring uh, more attitude in the next few games, you never know. But they'll be under the cosh now because that Dublin team surely has their tails up after a great second-half performance against uh, against uh, Kilkenny. Like. I think, Graham, they're lacking leaders. Um, I think Cork's, you know, you, you look back at the Cork teams of old and... The Dermot O'Sullivan's, the Sean Oaks, the Roman Kearns, these guys, Jodine, Brian Corcoran. Cork don't have anyone of that calibre to really step up when when the going gets tough. And I think, you know, until they until they find some of these players or or get them get them on the field, you know, I think it's going to be the same old story. They'll, it'll be a hard luck story and it'll be, you know, maybe next year will be their year. But for me, you know, I thought their attitude um on Saturday just wasn't what it wasn't what it should be. Yeah, um, just over now to the Joe McDonough Cup action. Um, come to you, Richie. Um, a huge result for Kerry defeating uh, Westmead 219 to 13 points, but Shane Conway just does it again. Scores 111 out of 219. Yeah, um, you know, we're, we're, hearing, we're hearing this name every weekend after after a Kerry win. Uh, for me, Paul, Shane Conway would walk onto any inter-county team in the country. Um, and I, I genuinely mean that. I haven't, I haven't seen an awful lot of him, obviously, because of, I suppose, the the level he's playing at. But you know, anything that I have seen of him, it's it's been hugely impressive. And it's just a pity we don't get to see the likes of Shane, you know, on the big day, or you know, he's not being televised, and people don't have the, I suppose, the pleasure of watching him, you know, in action. But definitely for me, one of the best hurlers in the country. Hey, hey, same lads, if you were. If you were Kieran Kingston, would you not make a wee phone call there to start next season? <laughs> <laughs> UCC could maybe if he's still hurling for UCC, would it be would he be allowed to play for Cork in the senior championship? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I'd be doing. It's something else. And um, the other Joe McDonough Cup game, um, Antrim five sixteen, Carlo two twenty five. Uh, a thriller, um, Graham, and they left it late. And Donald Nugent, I think this is the man who played with a broken collarbone uh, in the Antrim Championship, gets the goal in the fourth minute of injury time to draw the game. Donald Nugent's about the size of a girl at Hegarty. Like, he's a huge, huge man. Um, but funny, last week we were, I was really intrigued to, to see how, how that game would go because of the fact that Antrim had had a bit of momentum. They, they got promoted from division up into Division One. They they were then um, tasked to go and play uh, West Meath last week and had a great victory against West Meath. So we were sort of wondering would Antrim beat Carlo, but Carlo proved to be they were playing Leinster Championship last year, hard enough to beat down in Carlo. Like 
and, and Carlo, Richie, you probably know better than anybody. They're probably as good a hurlers as there is about the country as well with Carlo. So Absolutely. Two teams should probably get to Joe McDonough final. And I think that'll be a cracker game to watch, lads. I think those two teams will be really, really strong. As good a, they'll, they'll be as good a games as there is. And Liam McCarthy, if you, if you get to see that game. Yeah, and then um, the Christian Ring Cup results down 113, Derry 13 points, Kildare 214, Wicklow 110, Nicky Rackard Cup results, Donegal 313, Armagh 19, Tyrone 9 points, Mayo 123, and uh, Fermanagh 16 points, Cavan 113. Um, finally, uh, Graham, there, your own county down getting a huge result at the weekend. Down have been, uh, I was telling somebody the other day, Down have been in Division 2 this seven, eight, nine years, probably since I was playing, you know, and we were always at the bottom of Division 1 or Kilkenny or Tip and these teams beating us with 40 points, but we're down there for 10 years and now they're up to two, 2A next year, uh, where they should be really, you know, among Kerry and Westmead and these teams and there seems to be a wee bit of a, there's a lot of teams have come, a lot of players have come through from development squads actually or that are now playing on the down team. There's actually a couple more clubs now playing in the Down Senior Championship as well, which has helped down the Down hurlers, you know. Um, Breda and Leitrim have a couple of players on the team. So Down, down will be hard enough to stop. Like I know Offley's in Christy Ring now, and your own mate Michael Finley will be, I think Derry play Offley this weekend, which will be interesting to see, but Offley will be the standout team, obviously, in the Christy Ring. But the problem is, all these teams will be wanting to play Offley. Down and Derry and Kildare will be wanting to, have a good cut it off playing they'll have nothing to lose you know so um no down hurling has improved in the past couple of seasons now and it's great to see to be honest with you like because it's not long ago like i was telling somebody the other day 2006 2007 down were division one you know and now we're in division practically three divisions lower now uh, you know so it's good to get up a division anyway you know Absolutely. Um, we have some great action over the weekend and some more to look forward to. We'll be back with a preview show during the week of the action coming this weekend.